Now, plenty of headwinds facing the UK housing market, not only high inflation, but ever higher interest rates with no peak in sight just yet. Joining us now to talk about the impact of this is Hans Giberbauer, CEO of Foundation Home Loans. Now, Hans, before we start, you're an avid cyclist. How can you uh, explain the current market if it were a cycle ride? Well, you just said uh, interest rates rising with no peak in sight. And that's what makes it hard to compare um, in, um, with a bike ride. Uh, except the best comparison is probably not so much actually with something in the mountains. Because if you go up Porto Bales in the Pyrenees, you know it's going to be 18 kilometers. There's going to be quite a bit of pain, 8% average gradient, some sections harder, others easier, but you know there is a peak. And on, on the other side, you're going to have a very, very nice descent. Here, we don't know when this ends. We don't quite know when the headwinds end. And that, that it really is what it is. It's wind. And as any cyclist know who goes on a longer tour, for some reason, the wind seems to be in your, in your face three quarters of the time, even though you're doing a loop, which doesn't seem to make a lot of sense geographically, but that's how it goes. Um, so here, we don't know when the wind will stop. Uh, we also don't quite know how long the course is. So we don't seem to have signed up for a 180 kilometer headwind ride. We seem to have signed up for a potentially endless ride into a headwind. And nobody quite knows when the stop is or when there's even a breather. And you can see this beautifully in the graphs uh, that get widely published about um, not just how Bank of England base rates have risen and risen fairly steeply, but also how the market has continuously mispriced the expectations. So we've seen the parallel shifts in the spot rates uh, from the beginning of, as you know, of 12 months ago uh, being dramatically higher than today. So basically, the market has not really been much smarter about where interest rates were going to go than the Bank of England. Uh, and that's the problem. We still don't quite know when this stops. We like to think it's going to top out at around 6%. But the reality is we don't know. And some of this will be driven by what happens uh, in the Eurozone and what the ECB does and by what happens in the US and what the Fed does. So for our viewers who are listening into this and want to know uh, where your perspective comes from, just give us a, a real quick overview of what you do and what your company does. So Foundation Home Loans is a, a specialist lender. Uh, we uh, provide mortgage lending to uh, um, buy-to-let landlords and to owner-occupiers who are not served by the high street. So we're a wholesale-funded lender. Uh, we also still manage a book of mortgage loans that was originated pre-Great uh, Financial Crisis, so we have a great sense of how underwriting standards uh, have changed over time and how this environment will impact uh, mortgage books differently from how the Great Financial Crisis impacted uh, mortgage books written uh, prior to 2007. What are the main differences um, when you compare those two? And you sound like you've got quite a few concerns. Talk us through that. Um, so we have concerns and, uh, and not in a sense. So you look at much higher interest rates now, and they're, they're as high as they've been in a, in a long time. And a lot of people who are now mortgage borrowers haven't really experienced even the, the pre-2000, 2006, I think, base rates were like 6%. So in some ways, we're not even back to where we were pre-GFC, and the, the pre-GFC market was a very strong market. Um, and of course, in the 90s, which is also before my time as a mortgage borrower, um, they were much, much higher in the, in the double digits. Um, mortgage books since the great financial crisis, and I have to give full credit to the regulator here, by the way, have been much more robustly underwritten. We're already observing the opposite of what everybody thought we'd be observing, which is rapidly rising arrears. We are seeing rising arrears, but they're rising much more slowly. And that is because uh, either the very old loans that are still around are so well seasoned now, 
And for the new loans, they've been dramatically better underwritten since 2012 when the Financial Conduct Authority, or FSA then, did the mortgage market review. So the rates alone will not really cause a lot of defaults. What will cause defaults is what there now seems to be consensus as to what needs to happen to bring inflation down, which is a recession. And therefore unemployment. Exactly. Um, and then you get into the territory of life events. And generally speaking, you can't underwrite life events. If people lose their income for any length of time beyond, you know, call it three months, say, most people probably can't maintain their mortgage. And no amount of forbearance is going to change that. Um, that's what's going to drive up. And that's why we see impairment going up, impairment provisions going up. And that's why we've seen bank stocks, stock, stocks come off their high, because even though on the one hand, the the banks, especially the banks with large scale of current account deposits or funds, uh, their cost of funds are very low. The income is now very high, so it's great on the income side, but there is now concern about impairments rising. So this ties into the NIESR saying that uh, they estimate this hike, this recent interest rate hike, will see 4% of households in the UK run out of savings by the end of this year due to higher mortgage repayments. And also, as you rightly mentioned, the no end in sight in terms of the interest rates uh, uh, cycle uh, just yet is, is a concern. Do you think it's more so the unemployment that's led to Britain's shadow finance minister warning of a mortgage catastrophe? Do you think this is what was meant? As, as I said before, at the moment, despite the dramatic rise and the fact that interest rates are now higher than most people would have stressed a mortgage to, uh, say, two years ago, three years ago, when a lot of people entered into their fixed rate, which may now be coming off uh, if they're on a two-year fixed uh, deal, the most borrowers, if they stay in the employment they have, will absorb this. So as a mortgage lender, we're not going to see anything like near the cut-through from high interest rates to performance that we saw in the great financial crisis, where a lot of people tipped over. What it will do is dramatically reduce available spending, discretionary spending. People will really have to hunker down. Um, so the impact will be felt much more in other sectors than with us. The other, one of the other effects we have from the great financial crisis, the great learning is, and then actually COVID, by the way, which has been really helpful in sharpening people's minds about this, both in the uh, buy-to-let investor side, um, as well as with owner occupiers, is how important it is to maintain your credit rating. And in particular, how important it is to maintain your credit rating as, as it comes to timely payment of your mortgage obligations. People are now borrowers, you know, the general public, and are much more aware of how much damage they do to their ability to raise cheap finance in the future if they ever miss a mortgage payment relative to a number of other payments you can think of. Um, this awareness and sensitivity didn't really exist pre-GFC or for quite a few years post-GFC. So we're already seeing people working very, very hard to protect their mortgage payment at the expense of a lot of their other expenditure. So look for the impact, actually not directly with our books or the bank's books, which are even more conservatively underwritten to super prime borrowers, but in discretionary spend sectors. Yes, because that's in the wider where, economy. Correct. That's where they're trying to take the spending power out to bring inflation down. One final question, Hans. There are many out there that argue that interest rates, um, well, it's a very blunt instrument. Um, would you like to see some of the measures used instead? And what would they be? I think interest rates will always 
play a part here. Um, and that's, if you think about it, it's not just about um, sucking disposable income away from mortgage borrowers. And we all know that, you know, as long as people are on fixed rates, at least for part, uh, it hits some people a lot more than others. So it's actually, it is a blunt tool and a slightly unfair tool because it entirely depends on when you entered your fixation period and when your fixation period comes off. Um, at the same time, this also means that other investments have to be costed more carefully. And again, it takes a lot of pressure out. So what have we seen in the in ultra low rate environment? You've seen massive investment in real assets, especially in real estate. Money didn't cost anything. You've seen massive investment in sort of like startup ecosystems, some of which had only the most tenuous of business cases or even the most tenuous business ideas, quite frankly, often spending like there was no tomorrow around accoutrements and you know all the kind of uh, uh, fancy stuff um, to maintain a facade of, uh, of um, a great equity story. Um, that also is drying up as a result of high interest rates, and that will help bring um, inflation down at some point. So interest rates, unfortunately, will continue to have their part to play. What um, the Chancellor picked up on quite rightly in his conversation with the banks on Friday, although that wasn't reported with um, uh, until a little bit later, is he also uh, told the banks you need to bring up savings rates faster because they're lagging quite a bit uh, behind uh, swap rates, certainly, but also Bank of England base rate. Not just because it's kind of like a fair thing to do, but of course that also actually helps with inflation. Because at the moment there is a sense of those people who are long on cash, there's almost a sense of, I might as well spend it because it gets worth less every day with high inflation and low savings rates. Yes. Um, and people have got out of the practice since COVID and lockdown. Correctly. So high interest rates offered to savers, as opposed to just the banks via the Bank of England base rate, means that, well, people maybe start you know, keeping some of that liquidity as opposed to spending it, which again will reduce demand and therefore hopefully bring eventually inflation down. So rates have their, play to, uh, their role to play. Uh, they need to feed through to savings rates. And it looks like the government is applying pressure on the banks here. We'll see how that comes through. Um, the uh, Consumer Duty Initiative from the Financial Conduct Authority may help in that regard. Um, in terms of other, um, well, you could raise taxes. It's another way of dampening that's demand. That's going to go down really well. Yeah, I don't think that's, I think that's a definite no-go, th politically speaking. Um, so I think uh, interest rates are still a tool where the government has a degree of deniability. The Bank of England is independent. Uh, so I think they'll stick to that tool, even though it's very blunt.